0: Book Four Heroes and Heroines of Plateau and Desert. Chapter Twenty Six of the Book of Missionary Heroes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of Missionary Heroes by Basil Matthews. CHAPTER Twenty Six An American Nurse in the Great War. E. D. Cushman. Time, nineteen fourteen to nineteen twenty. The Turk in Bed. The cold, clear sunlight of a winter morning on the high plateau of Asia Minor shone into the clean, white ward of a hospital in Konya, the greatest city in the heart of that land. The hospital in which the events that I am going to tell in this story happened is supported by Christian folk in America, and was established by two American medical missionaries, Dr. William S. Dodd and Dr. Wilfred Post, with Miss Cushman, the head nurse, sharing the general superintendence. Other members of the staff are Harambos, their Armenian dispenser and druggist, and Kleoniki, A Greek nurse trained by Miss Cushman. The author spent the early spring of nineteen fourteen at the hospital in Konya, when all the people named above were at work there. The tinkle of camel bells as a caravan of laden beasts swung by, the quick pad-pad of donkeys' hoofs, the howl of a Turkish dog, the cry of a child, these and other sounds of the city came through the open window of the ward. On a bed in the corner of the ward lay a bearded man, a Turk, who lived in this ancient city of Konya, the iconium of St. Paul's day. His brown face and grizzled beard were oddly framed in the white of the spotless pillow and sheets. His face turned to the door as it opened, and the matron entered. The eyes of the Turk as he lay there followed her as she walked toward one of her deft, gentle-handed assistant nurses, who, in their neat uniforms with their olive-brown faces framed in dark hair, went from bed to bed tending the patients, giving medicine to a boy here, shaking up a pillow for a sick man there, taking a patient's temperature yonder, Those skilled nurses were Armenian girls. The Armenians are a Christian nation, who have been ruled by the Turks for centuries, and often have been massacred by them. Yet these Armenian girls were nursing the Turks in a hospital. But the matron of the hospital was not a Turk, nor an Armenian. She had come four thousand miles across the sea to heal the Turks and the Armenians in this land. She was an American. The Turk in bed turned his eyes from the nurses to a picture on the wall. A frown came on his face he began to mutter angry words into his beard. As a Turk, he had always been taught, even as a little boy, that the great prophet Mohammed had told them that they must have no pictures of prophets, and he knew from what he had heard that the picture on the wall showed the face of a prophet. It was a picture of a man with a kind, strong face, dressed in garments of the lands of the East, and wearing a short beard. He was stooping down, healing a little child. It was our Lord Jesus Christ, the great physician. As Miss Cushman, for that was the name of the matron, moved towards his bed, the Turk burst into angry speech. Have that picture taken down, he said roughly, pointing to it. She turned to look at the picture and then back at him, and said words like these. No, that is a picture of Jesus, the great doctor who lived long ago and taught the people that God is love. It is because he taught that, and has called me to follow in his steps, that I am here to help heal you. But the Turk, who was not used to having women disobey his commands, again ordered angrily that the picture should be taken down. But the American missionary nurse said gently but firmly, No, the picture must stay there to remind us of Jesus. If you cannot endure to see the picture there, then if you wish, you may leave the hospital, of course. And so she passed on. The Turk lay in his bed and thought it over. He wished to get well. If the doctor's in this hospital— Dr. Dodd and Dr. Post, did not attend him, and if the nurses did not give him his medicine, he would not. He therefore decided to make no more fuss about the picture. So he lay looking at it, and was rather surprised to find in a few days that he liked to see it there, and that he wanted to hear more and more about the great prophet Dr. Jesus. Then he had another tussle of wills with Miss Cushman, the white nurse from across the seas. It came about in this way, "'Women who are Mohammedans keep their faces veiled, "'but the Armenian Christian nurses had their faces uncovered. "'Surely they are shameless women,' he thought in his heart. "'And the Armenians, too, Christian infidels.' "'So he began to treat them rudely, "'but the white nurse would not stand that. "'Miss Cushman went and stood by his bed and said, "'I want you to remember that these nurses of mine "'are here to help you to get well. "'They are to you even as daughters tending their father, "'and you must behave to them as a good father to good daughters.' So the Turk lay in bed and thought about that also. It took him a long time to take it in, for he had always been taught to hate the Armenians and to think low thoughts about their womenfolk, but in the end he learnt that lesson also. At last the Turk got well, left his bed, and went away. He was so thankful that he was better that he was ready to do just anything in the world Miss Cushman wanted him to do. The days passed on in the hospital, and always the white nurse from across the seas and the Armenian nurses tended the Turkish and other patients, and healed them through the heats of the summer. WAR AND massacre. As summer came near to its end, there broke on the world the dreadful day when all Europe went to war. Miss Cushman's colleagues, the American doctors at the hospital, left Konya for service in the war. Soon Turkey entered the war. The fury of the Turks against the Armenians burst out into a flame you might see in Konya two or three turks sitting in the shadow of a little saddler's shop by the street smoking their hubble-bubble water pipes and saying words like these the armenians are plotting to help the enemies of turkey we shall have to kill them all yes wipe them out the accursed infidels the turks hate the armenians because their religion islam teaches them to hate the infidel christians they are of a foreign race and foreign religion in countries ruled by turks though the armenians were there first and the armenians are cleverer businessmen than the Turks, who hate to see their subjects richer than themselves, and hope by massacre to seize Armenian wealth. Yet all the time, as the wounded Turks were sent from Gallipoli back to Konya, the Armenian nurses in the hospital there were healing them, but the Turkish government gave its orders. Vile bands of Turkish soldiers rushed down on different cities and villages of the Armenians. One sunny morning, a troop of Turkish soldiers came dashing into a quiet little Armenian town among the hills, An order was given. The Turks smashed in the doors of the houses. A father stood up before his family. A bayonet was driven through him, and his soldiers dashed over his dead body. They looted the house. They smashed up his home. Others seized the mother and the daughters. The mother had a baby in her arms. The baby was flung on the ground and then picked up dead on the point of a bayonet. And though the mother and daughters were not bayoneted then, it would have been better to die at once than suffer the unspeakable horrors that came to them and that happened in hundreds of villages and cities to hundreds of thousands of Armenians, with hundreds of thousands more scattered down the mountain passes in flight toward Konya. The Orphan Boys and Girls As Miss Cushman and her Armenian nurses looked out through the windows of the hospital, their hearts were sad as they saw some of these Armenian refugees trailing along the road like walking skeletons. What was to happen to them? It was very dangerous for anyone to show that they were friends with the Armenians. But the white matron was as brave as she was kind, so she went out to do what she could to help them. One day she saw a little boy so thin that the bones almost seemed to be coming through his skin. He was very dirty, his hair was all matted together, and there were bugs and fleas in his clothes and in his hair. The hospital was so full that not another could be taken in, but the boy would certainly die if he were not looked after properly. His father and his mother had both been slain by the Turks, he did not know where his brothers were. He was an orphan, alone in all the world. Miss Cushman knew Armenian people in Konya, and she went to one of those homes and told them about the poor boy, and arranged to pay them some money for the cost of his food. So she made a new home for him. The next day she found another boy, and then a girl, and so she went on and on, discovering little orphan Armenian boys and girls who had nobody to care for them, and finding them homes, until she had over six hundred orphans being cared for. It is certain that nearly all of them would have died if she had not looked after them. So Miss Cushman gathered six hundred Armenian children together into an orphanage that was half for the boys and half for the girls. She was a hundred times better than the woman who lived in a shoe, because though she had so many children she did know what to do. She taught them to make nearly everything for themselves. In the mornings you would see half the boys figuring away their sums or learning to write and read, while the other boys were hammering and sawing and planing at the carpenter's bench, cutting leather and sewing it to make shoes for other boys and girls cutting petrol tins up into sheets to solder into kettles and saucepans, and cutting and stitching cloth to make clothes. A young American Red Cross officer who went to see them wrote home, The kids look happy and healthy and as clean as a whistle. The People on the Plain As Miss Cushman looked out again from the hospital window, she saw men coming from the country into the city, jogging along on little donkeys. In the villages all across the plain, they said to her, are Armenian boys and girls, and men and women. They are starving, many without homes, wandering about in rags till they simply lay down on the ground, worn out, and die. Miss Cushman sent word to a friend far away in America, and they sent food from America to Turkey in ships, and a million dollars of money to help the starving children. So Miss Cushman got together her boys and girls, and some other helpers, and soon they were all very busy all day, and every day, wrapping food and clothes into parcels. Next a caravan of snorting camels came swinging into the courtyard, and grumbling and rumbling knelt down to be loaded up. The parcels were done up in big bales and strapped onto the camels' backs. Then, at a word from the driver, the camels rose from their knees and went lurching out from Konya into the country, over the rough rolling tracks, to carry the people the food and clothes that would keep them alive. The wonderful thing is that these camels were led by a Turk belonging to the people who hate Armenians. Yet he was carrying food and clothes to them why did this turk in konia go on countless journeys travelling over thousands of miles with tens of thousands of parcels containing wheat for bread and new shirts and skirts and other clothes for armenians whom he had always hated and had never lost a single parcel why did he do it this is the reason before the war when he was ill in the hospital miss cushman had nursed him with the help of her armenian girls and had made him better he was so thankful that he would just run to do anything that she wished him to do TO STAY OR NOT TO STAY. But at last Miss Cushman, worn out with all this work, fell ill with a terrible fever. For some time it was not certain that she would not die of it. For a whole month she lay sick in great weakness. President Wilson had at this time broken off relations between America and Turkey. The Turk now thought of the American as an enemy, and Miss Cushman was an American. She was in peril. What was she to do?" "'It is not safe to stay,' said her friends. "'You will be practically a prisoner of war you will be at the mercy of the Turks. You know what the Turk is, as treacherous as he is cruel. They can, if they wish, rob you or deport you anywhere they like. Go now while the path is open, before it is too late. You are in the very middle of Turkey, hundreds of miles from any help. The dangers are terrible." As soon as she was well enough, Miss Cushman went to the Turkish governor of Konya, a bitter Mohammedan, who had organized the massacre of forty thousand Armenians to say that she had been asked to go back to America. "'What shall you do if I stay?' she asked. "'I beg you to stay,' said the governor. "'You shall be protected. "'You need have no fear.' "'Your words are beautiful,' she replied. "'But if America and Turkey go to war, you will deport me.' "'If she stayed, she knew the risks under his rule. "'She was still weak from her illness. "'There was no colleague by her side to help her. "'There seemed to be every reason why she should sail away back to America. "'But as she sat thinking it over,' she saw before her the hospital full of wounded soldiers, the six hundred orphans who looked to her for help, the plain of a hundred villages to which she was sending food. No one could take her place. Yet she was weak and tired after her illness, and in America, rest and home, friends and safety called to her. It was, she wrote later to her friends, a heavy problem to know what to do with the orphans and the other helpless people who depended on me for life. What would you have done? What do you think she did for what reason should she face these perils not in the heat of battle but in cool quiet thought all alone amongst the enemies she saw her path and took it she did not count her life her own she was ready to give her life for her friends of all nations she decided to stay in the heart of the enemy's country and serve her god and the children many a man has the cross of honor for an act that called for less calm courage That deed showed her to be one of the great undecorated heroes and heroines of the lonely path. So she stayed on. From all over the Turkish Empire prisoners were sent to Konya. There was a great confusion in dealing with them, so the people of Konya asked Miss Cushman to look after them. They even wrote to the Turkish governor at Constantinople to tell them, to write to her, to invite her to do this work. There was a regular hue and cry that she should be appointed, because everyone knew her strong will, her power of organizing, her treatment, her good judgment, and her loving heart. So at last she accepted the invitation. Prisoners of eleven different nationalities she helped, including British, French, Italian, Russians, Indians, and Arabs. She arranged for the nursing of the sick, the feeding of the hungry, the freeing of some from prison. She went on right through the war to the end and beyond the end, caring for her orphans, looking after the sick in hospital, sending food and clothes to all parts of the country, helping the prisoners. Without caring whether they were British or Turkish, Armenian or Indian, she gave her help to those who needed it, and because of her splendid courage, thousands of boys and girls and men and women are alive and well, who, without her, would have starved and frozen to death. Today, in and around Konya, an army officer who has been there tells us, the people do not say, If Allah wills, but, If Mushkushman wills, It is that officer's way of letting us see how, through her brave daring, her love, and her hard work, that served everybody, British, Armenian, Turk, Indian, and Arab, she has become the uncrowned Queen of Konya, whose bidding all people do because she only cares to serve them, not counting her own life dear to her. End of chapter 26. Recording by L. Christofferson.